You're listening to Break Away From The Pack, brought to you from the team behind Finishing School, helping you complete your professional education. Hello, I'm Linda McGowan. Welcome to this episode of Break Away From The Pack, where I'll be talking with Andrew Brown, one of the co-founders of Finishing School. Hello, I'm Linda McGowan, and I'm from Finishing School and Break Away From The Pack. And I'm here with Andrew Brown, another co-founder of Finishing School. And I'd like to introduce Andrew because I've known him for a really long time. And in the time I've known Andrew, we've had lots of discussions about processes and accounting and management systems. And and it's always interesting talking to him. And I think with Finishing School, when we were first planning the concept of it and what we'd like to bring to the a wider public was some of the skills that we've all had and shared and, and I know from Andrew I've always been left thinking I can do processes better I should focus more on my systems and um, I know that's not just all that you do Andrew but I know it's a huge part of it and uh, I'd love you to you know see what you come to the table with over the next uh, journey we do together with this. Cheers thanks Linda. Yeah so um, process process love it Anyway, um, can you, oh, well, I think everybody can improve with process. Do you want me to start again? No. No, okay. Oh. No, no. Instead of, yeah, okay. No, no, I think that's okay. Mm. This is just an introduction, so the, the world out there listening can see that um, mm. sometimes our processes, even about yeah, our, yeah, <laughs> our system of how we do this, mm. can be improved. Yeah, I think, well, anyway, one of the, fun, one of the hardest things with process is actually making yourself do, do it yourself. So understanding all of the theory, understanding that, um, you know, through process and through managing your own processes, it gives you that standardized approach. So once you have that standardized approach, you can always improve your process. So you're always starting to look for improvements. Um, but one of the hardest things to do is to actually do it yourself. Um, so I'm always looking at uh, the things that I do and um, yeah, constantly thinking I really should be better at that. But anyway, um, one of the great things about process is that it is the bedrock of continuous improvement. So without um, having the ability to recognize that uh, the sequence of events that you you undertake in order to produce something or to um, to have an outcome um, if they are replicable replicable if you can replicate them then um, you know that basically is a process um, when you can replicate them that means that you can do it again and if you can do it again then that means that you can review them and look for areas where you can improve them. So it's, it's I know that simple. I know that seems simple, and you you make it sound simple, but I know in a in a process driven business that I'm in, uh, accounting, mm. I find yes, it, it's how I learn. I'm a I'm, I learn by following a process because for most of our working life, the the tasks that we do the the use of our computers and the use of our technology and the way we assess client data is a process. But sometimes, in fact most times, I find it hard to engage other people, staff, in 
the importance one of following a particular process, not skipping a step, not jumping from step one or starting at step four and then wondering why it doesn't work. And and I look forward to us tackling this problem in in a future podcast because I know that it's an issue for most businesses is repeating. I think Maccas do it really well, don't they? Because they have that process they and they drill it into the staff and we all know we should be like that, Andrew. Oh, yeah. It's well, hard. Well, you know, Maccas, Mickey D's or, um, you know, the Golden Archers, they're, they're excellent at, um, at process um, and um, they regularly reflect on what they do and they look at what Toyota does and they um, and Toyota reviews some of the stuff that that McDonald's does as well and just to be able to say that you know well not to say but just to be able to reflect on yourself to say well you know could we be doing this better is there something that we've missed and unless you have that ability to reflect um, and you understand the things that you do so that you, uh, if you can replicate a process and you can um, do things in a sequence, then um, you should get a consistent and a sustainable outcome. So as sustainable as in you can continue to replicate that. Um, that's where McDonald's is, is really fantastic because they, you know, they, they, what they've actually done, even though a lot of people may poo-poo what they've done, but what they've done is they've taken the expertise out of making food. And, you know, okay, you may not think that McDonald's is actually food, but... <laughs> that's, a, that's a different topic for another day, <laughs> yes. I think. But, but um, what they've done is they've taken the expertise out of that. So you can have a 15-year-old um, or a 16-year-old, I'm not sure what, what age you're allowed to work at, um, at McDonald's or you're allowed to work in Australia at the moment but um, so you can take a school kid into your restaurant um, you can show them some videos let them watch some of the other uh, people uh, doing their jobs um, show them the simplest process which is um, has been um, on the what they call the dressing table so where the, the buns come to the dressing table and you put a squirt of mustard on it and you put a squirt of um, ketchup on it and then you put um, you know basically that's the that's the bun dressed and it goes across and they put the they put the meat on it but they'll start like the 15 year old kid off on that um, on that dressing table now They've removed the expertise from there because... <coughs> Sorry. That's all right. Because the, the mustard is... <coughs> Sorry, Andrew. <laughs> That's all right. Uh, well, the mustard is pre... Um, is delivered to the bun in a pre-measured um, amount. The, the ketchup is measured every time that goes on the bun. So you get exactly the same amount of mustard that every other bun gets. You get exactly the same amount of ketchup that every other bun gets. And a 15 year old did that for you. Now, they didn't have to measure it because it was pre-measured. Um, and that's where McDonald's is fantastic because 
what they've been able to do is basically take somebody off the street with zero um, experience, sometimes zero experience in ever working, and show them how to do something. So they have a specific method of how to show them, show the kids how to do it. Then, and they can pick it up, you know, like that. They they pick it up very very quickly. It's not simple. Sorry. It's not hard to understand theoretically, but you know, to practically do that, what they've done then is they can bring almost any kid in off the street and say, there you go, this is how we do it, you do it. And that's why people who love Maccas or who go to any McDonald's around the world knows that they can walk into any country, any store, anywhere and get what they expect and standardized experience exactly and for most business people in their business you know whatever they're selling whether it be a service or a product they want that experience at the end to the user to be consistent in the service delivery or the product delivery so that Mm. the customer doesn't get a wow experience one time and a terrible experience another you know so it's it's about having that consistent outcome and that's really it is really hard to maintain and well, and what they've done, though, is that they've taken the, the difficulty of maintaining it out. So to be able to maintain it, maybe you needed somebody, like in the past, you would have needed somebody that was really good at doing that sort of stuff. And maybe they're really good at doing it because they've done it for quite a while. But you don't have to do that at McDonald's because it's a process, it's been simplified, and so the level of expertise that you require is very low. And so you can get basically anyone from the street to do that. But what if you could extrapolate that idea into other businesses? So if you have other processes and you were able to document those processes and then you were able to actually understand how those processes come to uh, fruition, and if you were able to recognize, so where is the expertise required and where is the expertise not required? What is the expertise and how is it actually delivered to that process? Couldn't you just add the expertise every now and then where you required it? And that way you could have the process done by somebody who doesn't need to be an expert, hence cheaper. So you've got somebody who's cheaper to employ. They deliver a consistent outcome every single time because the the process is followed. And then you add the expertise as and where required. So you should have a very um, uh, structured use of your expertise um, and so therefore require less of it. And it's not just that the staff wages may be cheaper. It's... It's not about that as much as it is also about the the investment that you spend on training is is more effective. The, the lead time to get someone off the street into your organisation through an induction process and then to help you actually deliver your product is made so much shorter mm. if they can learn these processes and not you know learn one way from one person another way from another there's no consistency they're confused and then the boss comes in and says and then it's all chaos and everyone's in tears Mm. um 
So, you know, it's... It, and your customers are upset too because and, you're yes. getting a variability in quality, which is yes. comes back to essentially your McDonald's experience. Mm. So your expectation from the McDonald's experience is, I expect this to be as good as my last McDonald's experience, which should be as good as my previous McDonald's experience. So your expectation is, is that you have that consistency um, and built into that consistency is quality. Mm. And, and I know from business businesses that sell, the more they invest in systems and processes, about the same thing, system. Anyway, that's another podcast Similar. another day. Mm. Another yeah. day, Andrew. Mm. But I know that businesses that have well-documented processes, whether that be on paper or increasingly on cloud platforms, they sell more than businesses which are ad hoc. It's all in the owner's head because the minute the owner sells and walks out the door, mm. all that history, all that knowledge, all that expertise goes with them. Exactly. But so. imagine what you could do, though, if you didn't even have to maintain the expertise in the owner's head. Imagine if you could maintain the expertise in, in the team. So the team yes. yeah. manages their own process they manage their own quality they add their expertise as and where required and then they improve their processes as they go so using a structured format so you you can rely on the on the outcome of the change so that's where continuous improvement really came about so if if you can um rely on the outcome you can rely on the improvements um, you can rely on people being able to understand exactly what they need to do and um, what does a good outcome look like then then they can be self-governed uh, so they can self um, regulate them um, their work so not necessarily the volume of the work or necessarily um, uh, their interactions so not they're not necessarily interacting with the rest of the business but within their team they manage the work within the team so it's continuous improvement the new fad word like agile or lean or is it actually a separate thing altogether because not in this and I know you've got a huge background in in sort of what I used to when I was a young accountant uh, time management and process management and you've got a big background in Toyota and and mm. uh, and the time I've known you we've discussed lean processing or lean management systems and now it's agile's all the word is continuous processing is it not continuous improvement is that another term like that or is it um, something different sort of uh, but continuous improvement's been around for for eons you know so well sorry for as long as humans have been around and people have always been looking to improve, you know, we, we, we don't sort of still walk around with our stone tools, you know, so as... as have you seen our current <laughs> lot of politicians, Andrew? Seriously? Yeah. Like, okay. really? Well, you know, sometimes they, they, they devolve. Um, we like to continue evolving. Uh, but um, so with... Um, so a lot of the, the Toyota um, uh, knowledge, let's say, I mean, uh, some of, but sorry, I shouldn't say some of it. 
a lot of it has come about through the Japanese and through, in particular, the Toyota family um, heritage. So they they were running, they used to run um, looms. So um, they were became quite um, influential in the um, fabric or uh, linen. Or was it? Oh, anyway, they were making fabric um, in Japan, um, but when they started to get into uh, vehicles or cars, they, I think it was, um, basically what they did is they, they actually went to the United States. So they got their information basically from the United States. They went there to learn what they did. Um, and then that's when they started to, so they, sorry, when they started to um, basically try to understand what was it the, that the Westerners were doing with their motor cars. And so they had engines, they had, um, uh, I think they got the engines from um, Ford or someone, anyway, it was, a, it was a particular type of engine that they got and they also got a DeSoto body. So the, the engine was a, quite an efficient, it was probably the most powerful one at the moment. At that time, I think it was about 50 horsepower. And then they had this DeSoto body that they thought was the best um, body. And that's what they wanted to do. So, so they went back to Japan and they decided they were going to build this car. But basically, they just ripped off um, uh, the engine from, maybe it was Cadillac, anyway. Um, or, and they based their, their uh, car body on this DeSoto. Um, so, you know, Toyota was nothing fancy. They they never they didn't have this this um, really you know sort of mythical understanding of how to improve things. What actually happened was that um, a fellow called Edwards Deming was sent to Japan after the war, Second World War, and um, Japan was basically um, well there was no manufacturing in Japan after the Second World War, and so. He was, uh, Edwards Deming was sent to Japan from, um, by uh, Douglas MacArthur. And Edwards Deming was this quality time and motion type guy. Um, and he basically used this, what was called a PDCA cycle, or that was what we call the Deming cycle, um, which was plan, do, check, and adjust. So with um, having that, so basically that's a framework for people to start to work through, you know, what I plan my work, I do my work, I check my work, and then I adjust for my expectations. So out of that simplistic type of um, understanding of work, then they started to think, okay, well, what if we can then, when we um, do the adjusting, we then make that as standard, and then the next time we start doing that, after we um, make sure that we get a consistent outcome, what we can then do is we can start to change the way that we do our work so that we can improve it. So Edwards Deming actually started bought in that PDCA cycle into Japan. He also bought in um, the, the idea of one piece flow, the other the other thing that he brought into Japan as well was that prior to the Second World War, you had to be like a, a journeyman or a, um, a, a tradesman 
to be able to be considered a coach builder. Um, and so to be a, a tradesman, you had to be an apprentice. And so you had to have a, a lot of skill. And with that skill, record, you know, basically that was expertise. And so what happened during the Second World War? All of the men went away and they went to war. And so what happened to all the expertise? I mean, basically it wasn't in the factories. So what, what Edward Deming did is he started to break down the work that a journeyman would do into smaller components that the new workforce could start to take on. The new workforce was women. And so women were going into the factories, they were building aeroplanes, tanks, all sorts of armaments, all of those sorts of things, but they were using uh, one-piece flow to um, improve the throughput. They had quality standards and they had smaller, um, smaller parts of work that were not so expert. And so he was able to actually, that's one of the reasons that the Americans were able to build so many quite good products so quickly. It's interesting because I think we, um, that whoever's ringing is just really persistent, but uh, I think it's interesting that a country like Australia, which is car mad, and we are the size of North America, doesn't have a car industry, and Japan, which is the size of a couple of towns of in our state of Victoria, produces cars that are exported around the world. And uh, that's an interesting... So size does not matter in scalability or in process, oh, no, no. which is the, something that small businesses need to take into account. Oh, totally, yes. So, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, so that's... Um, okay. I, think that's a, I think in that... In this little interview, Andrew, we've covered off on four areas that we need to explore further in, in future podcasts for Breakaway from the Pack because I think that they all show the way that processes can be used, how you develop them, and some of the practices that are employed by the really large companies can easily be, the principles can easily be brought down to small enterprises and, and small yep. business can sometimes really leverage off that. So oh, totally. Thank small you for that. Small business can be, um, can, can really sort of... Any uh, size business. Yeah, It's, all, it's really. almost a, what do you call it, a, you know, when you you jump. Yes. You can actually just sort of... Uh, leverage up and... Whole, yeah. Vault yourself up. Exactly. Over, the, uh, over your competitors. Well, wonderful, and thank you for that. And for all those uh, listening, stay tuned for further episodes of Breakback from the Pack as we help you complete your professional education. Thanks, Andrew. Cool. Thanks, Linda. You've been listening to Breakaway from the Pack. To be kept up to date about future episodes, please hit subscribe. And if you'd like us to cover off on any particular issue concerning you and your professional education, please let us know and we'll do our best to answer it. Thanks for listening.